Chapter Eighteen of the Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eighteen: Serving Christ in the Kitchen. If Mrs. Spafford was shocked by this last sentence, she had resolved not to show it either by voice or manner. It became apparent to her that Mrs. Evans was under too strong excitement to weigh her words carefully or to have a realizing sense of what they conveyed and while this loyal servant of christ felt with a thrill of pain that it might be and doubtless was too true that this woman was putting the earthly love before the heavenly still the present did not seem the fitting time to help her realize the sin and folly of this she spoke in calm reassuring tones christ smiles on all unselfish human love you know and on none more surely than that sanctioned by marriage vows and true women love and honor you for your desire to be all that a wife can not ignoring as too many do the little things of life now dear mrs evans do you mind putting somewhat into detail the difficulties that just now present themselves possibly they are such as my longer experience can help you surmount i do not of course mean a detail that will be unpleasant to you but in short let us lay aside formality entirely i am a neighbor and i am a friend let me help you what is the special burden to-day you see i am well aware that each day in a housekeeper's life has its special burden at the sound of her visitor's quiet voice and matter-of-fact sentence mrs evans who was not by nature a lover of scenes and who had been really struggling to regain composure felt her overwrought nerves growing calmer and presently said a vivid flush overspreading her face i can hardly see how you can help despising me i almost despise myself the simple truth is so very humiliating i have been acting like a spoiled child instead of a woman nothing is very dreadful indeed nothing dreadful in any sense has happened it is just a culmination of small difficulties they have been gathering and gathering about me for weeks and this miserable afternoon i broke down under them her lip was quivering and she was on the very verge of breaking down again it is the old story of the last straw that disabled the poor camel said mrs spafford good-humouredly without a trace of sentiment in her voice and yet some way the voice conveyed sympathy i know all about that i have had just such days sometimes the last straw is an exceedingly hateful ill-shaped one in what form did it appear to you a little gleam of a smile quivered for a moment on mrs evans's face it is ill-shaped certainly she said quickly and i think she has been more hateful during the last three or four days than i ever thought a human being could be mrs spafford my betty went away this morning just before lunchtime she has only been with me four weeks and has been by far the worst one of them all i have had nine this morning she served the most insufferable breakfast burnt toast and dreadful coffee i don't know what she could have done to it nor to the chop for that matter i know we couldn't eat it even the potatoes were dreadful baked potatoes i didn't think they could be spoiled but these were soft and wet and oh miserable mr evans went to his business without so much as a cup of coffee or a bit of bread 
and when i went into the kitchen as soon after as i dared to remonstrate with betty a little and to see if she could not promise to try to do better before i had spoken a dozen words she became fearfully angry used dreadful language declared she was overworked and underpaid she was what they call a cheap girl mrs spafford this last spoken with a burning blush i thought i would try her and see if a little of our heavy expense could not be cut down in that way but indeed i paid her what she said she had been getting and you know for two of us she hardly could be overworked mrs spafford hardly knew whether to laugh or cry over the anxious questioning sound in the trembling voice its owner had evidently been terribly shaken by the formidable betty in the morning and could not yet speak of her with composure and what was the conclusion of betty's wrath she asked resolved not to commit herself by giving an opinion either way at present oh she went away she said she would declared that nothing could tempt her to be abused in this house any longer and she would warn every girl against me she would leave my character at the intelligence office and i would find myself spotted whatever that means i was perfectly amazed i had not said anything to call forth such an outburst and i thought she was excited over something else and would quiet down if i left her to herself for a while so i went away and stayed upstairs all the morning so that the sight of me would not anger her but when i discovered that it was long after lunch-time i came down to see why she had not rung for me and to make some arrangements for dinner this evening and she was gone and oh mrs spafford if you could see the kitchen she left whereupon mrs spafford drew a little breath of relief then the poor lady had been too much absorbed in her grief to realize that her guest had seen it the fire was entirely out and the breakfast dishes not touched and a great many dishes that must have been used yesterday and left unwashed standing around kettles you know and saucepans and ugly greasy black dishes with things sticking to their sides nothing more utterly disgustful than the look on mrs evans's face can be imagined her guest's laugh rang out merrily at last she could not help it but her friend's trials were too real to admit of laughter it is dreadful she said with a meek face to be foolish and so dependent upon others but i have really been in utter despair this afternoon not for that reason simply she hastened to explain while the shadow instantly deepened on her face but as you say it was a sort of last straw not so much of a straw to me either for i never made a coal fire in my life and though i tried hard to set that one going the ugly black lumps looked fiercely at me and stayed as black as before after all the waste paper in the house had been used and a great many matches mr evans certainly ought to expect his dinner when he gets home since he went without his breakfast but what can he possibly find to eat in this house i cannot see and the rain was so steady it prevented my going out to find another girl indeed to tell you the truth i had a horror of trying to get another it seemed to me i would rather starve and so the whole miserable sense of my failure in every way as a mistress or as a worker rushed over me and in addition to all the rest just overwhelmed me dear mrs spafford i don't know why i am telling you all this foolish unwomanly story 
wasting your time and pouring into your ear a tale that can certainly be nothing but weariness to you it is not like me thus to parade my annoyances it is not indeed i ought to beg your pardon she had sat erect during this last sentence dried away the last tear from her hot cheek and was struggling hard to put on the sweet dignity of hostess which was generally so becoming to her meantime her guest thought rapidly taking a surreptitious glance at her watch should she insist upon taking this troubled wife to tea with her sending little tim who did her errands down to watch for the car that generally brought the two husbands and so have one of those quiet tea-parties that she was always telling warren about her bread was fresh and excellent she had made a treat for supper in the shape of a soft ginger cake and the potatoes which she meant to warm by the addition of a few bread-crumbs and an egg could be made into patties and do duty for four oh yes the way was plain enough to carry out this project but was it the best way swift thinking even while mrs evans was trying to call back her matronly dignity then she shook her head no it wouldn't do the sore-hearted young life was not in a tea-party mood and it was just possible that there had been words passed between husband and wife during the attempt at eating that uncomfortable breakfast which had made wounds if this were so they could be better healed between husband and wife alone she must give up her little tea then the other plan should be made to work she slipped her watch back into its pocket and spoke briskly you are telling me all this because you are a sensible woman and paid me the compliment of believing my offer of sympathy sincere and you know that to a christian woman there is no higher privilege than to be able to help a sister in christ now dear friend listen to me i don't wonder a kitchen left in the plight which you describe should look formidable to you but it doesn't to me i have conquered one many a time coal fire and all moreover i can show you how to do it so that it will cease to be a hopeless thing to you now i want you to further prove your faith in my hearty friendship by letting me go with you right into that said kitchen and reduce it to a state of meek and dainty subordination then you will get your husband as nice a little supper as he ever ate in his life get it with your own two hands and my word for it he will have an unusual appetite with eyes that were full of astonishment did mrs evans for a moment gaze on her guest that this proposal brought her into contact with a form of friendship to which she had heretofore been a stranger was evident that she was puzzled to know how to receive it was equally evident only a moment the look of bewildered irresolution rested on her face and then she said suddenly i believe you do mean every word you say thank you i need help i believe i need just the kind that you are willing to give i will accept it gratefully there was a happy light in mrs spafford's eyes this simple sincere answer had shown her that she was not mistaken in her estimate of this fair young housekeeper she was a woman to be helped not only but to be loved feeling still assured in her heart that this was no time for more important matters without more ado mrs spafford urged an immediate assault on the kitchen and thither the two women went mrs evans only pausing to say in a distressed tone if i only had a large apron that would protect your dress never mind 
her guest answered cheerily my dress is only calico and washes nicely then she set to work on that forlorn stove you see she said resolving upon working and lecturing at the same time coal is splendid for burning after it has been coaxed long enough it is very hard-hearted needs a pretty large gathering of kindlings blazing all around it to set it a good example i suppose this is the place where they are kept is it not your house is arranged like mine saying which she opened a door disappeared for a moment and returned with her arms full of neat billets of wood of uniform length these she built up with skilful interlacing inside the wide-mouthed monster mrs evans looking on with interested yet incredulous face she had had an experience with these heartless black lumps that the skilful engineer was piling in with such composed face she did not believe they would burn but they did they are conquered the younger lady said with a relieved sigh as the flames shot up through the interlacings and curled themselves skilfully around the black lumps which soon began to emit a flame peculiar to themselves they recognize a superior power and do not dare to act as they did with me so short a time ago now if you are a skilful general of a disordered kitchen possessing the ability to marshal pans kettles and pails into orderly ranks and make them retire to their places you know how steadily the small kitchen yielded to the spell that was now upon it if on the other hand you have the misfortune to be one of those who though able to play sixteen pages of chopin or some other distinguished composer without a mistake yet look with absolute dismay yes even terror on the interminable paraphernalia of a well-stocked kitchen you can appreciate the feelings with which mrs evans watched the rapid transformation of hers they were such tiny places after all kitchen and pantry and the water was so hot and soap so plentifully used that to a skilful workman it could not you know take much time but it looked like magic to mrs evans i wish i could do it she said eagerly as she lifted the shining plates from their bath in the hot rinsing water and set them to drain after the copy which had been set her how smooth they feel and how shining they are betty would not recognize one of them mrs spafford i tell you truly if i only need not have another of those girls enter my house i should be happy enough to shout i cannot tell you what a terror they all are to me they do nothing right and i know just enough to be sure of that but i don't know how to help it and i am afraid of them all why don't you do without them said mrs spafford coolly little bits of homes like yours and mine are too small and precious for hired hands to touch if we have strength enough to guard them from it i just enjoy getting dinner for warren and we have the coziest little breakfasts mrs evans's eyes brightened wistfully if i were only you she said and she thought of the three dollars that had to be transferred each week from her purse to that of her tormentor if it could be saved if i were only you but i don't know anything about it learn said mrs spafford coolly as though it were a very simple matter you would be surprised to see how soon you could manage this nice little home to your entire satisfaction mrs evans 
what are we going to get for a treat for your husband this evening the bright look faded from the weary housekeeper's eyes there is very little in the house she said her cheeks flushing it rained so i depended on betty i meant to have a leg of lamb and some vegetables too late for those declared the cook besides we want to be dainty you know not go into anything so gross as legs of lamb this with a merry laugh i see a dish of potatoes in the pantry do you ever stew them in milk we used to have cream when i was a girl and lived where milk was a necessity not a luxury but now i use milk and find it answers nicely i can show you how to serve a dish that i fancy you will enjoy mrs evans gratefully agreed to be shown notwithstanding the fact that in her ignorant heart she was skeptical about making that ugly-looking dish of cold potatoes fit to eat still her forehead did not clear i wish betty had controlled her temper long enough to have baked bread she said sadly we have nothing but baker's bread and my husband dislikes it so much then let us have some dear little soda biscuits as light as puffballs i saw a cup of sour milk on the shelf and felt just like taking it down and making something nice sour milk said poor mrs evans aghast at the idea yes indeed you have eaten the little white puffs often i presume they are easy to make it is the very thing i will set you to making them while i get the potatoes ready to cook then while they are baking you can cook the potatoes there is some steak said mrs evans hesitatingly mr evans doesn't dine downtown he only takes a plain lunch so i like to have meat for him but i don't know that i can manage steak very meekly she spoke she knew no more about broiling steak than she did about those biscuits which mrs spafford so composedly talked of her making oh yes you can declared the brisk voice that is easy now about the biscuit there is a quart measure first you sift a quart of flour now just so much butter wait this little plate will measure it nicely and serve you for the future thus she moved with careful steps putting her directions as clearly and as briefly as possible until mrs evans her face flushed her eyes shining stooped and set in the oven a row of small round balls that she verily believed would never be anything but burnt dough how could anything so simple and so quickly done ever transform itself into something fit to eat but when the stewed potatoes were tested with a delicious mouthful according to mrs spafford's direction when the bit of juicy steak lay meekly between the wire gridiron and was being skillfully turned and emitted a delicious odor through the kitchen and when the lumps of dough came out of the oven the plumpest flakiest little puffs that her eyes had ever beheld when the tea was steeping and her husband's key was heard in the front door and mrs evans was alone her good angel having but a few minutes before washed her hands rolled down her sleeves and vanished through the back door having given this parting word now mrs evans i want you to tell me whether your husband likes stewed potatoes or not especially of your stewing and soda biscuit of your making mrs evans thinking of her of the words that she had spoken that day of the work her hands had wrought and of the courage and hope which she had breathed into her 
had much ado to keep the tears from starting again they would doubtless have had their way but for the fact that her delicately broiled bit of steak was ready to be served the tears were stayed but her heart was full of grateful love as she said to herself with a resolute little pressure of her lips as though she were speaking the words in her heart she is a blessed woman i believe god sent her to me in my misery she doesn't know all she has done for me to-day there is something else that she can teach me i shall know the difference between her religion and mine she has something that i have not and if it is for me i mean to have it you will have to dine off bread and milk to-night declared mrs spafford with smiling eyes to her astonished husband who was reviving their neglected fire when she appeared through the rain at the side door i have been out all the afternoon i found an open door which i have entered i verily believe for the master's sake god bless you he said looking down on her tenderly when she had told so much of her story as she felt she had a right to tell if you can make a home over there like this of ours i believe you will save two souls instead of one from shipwreck End of chapter eighteen